G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Often around this time of year, really hot on the heels of what was the recent International Women's Day, we like to reflect on issues that contrast womanhood here to the challenges of women in other nations, especially the one we'll contrast today, India. Our next guest is just off the plane from a visit to India where she has been visiting the Jogini women and girls. These vulnerable girls were saved from a life of abusive sexual servitude as temple prostitutes. But the work of the Dignity Freedom Network has helped many abused women to recover their God-given dignity. Kate from Dignity Freedom Network is joining us. Kate, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be on the show. Kate, just back from India, uh, visiting the Joe Guinea girls, those who've been freed from sexual slavery. I wonder if you can just give us some insights into what you found on this visit. Well, I think now we were just so impacted. I think one of the things that is really amazing is to see these women have their dignity restored and to see them have the confidence that they have. So really this is a grassroots level initiative where it's the women themselves that are driving it. It's the women who have come out of the practice who are passionate about seeing the practice end in their village. So it's been illegal for around 30 plus years, uh, but we're just seeing in village after village where we have work that the practice is actually decreasing and in some places coming to a complete end. So I think for me that's just super exciting. Kate, take us into this, and we've had earlier conversations, but for listeners who have not been so familiar with Joe Guinea Girls, uh, there is a sort of a wedding that takes place, but the girls are not marrying a man, they're marrying a goddess, and then used in temple prostitution. Give us an idea how this all works. Uh, so if you kind of think of the days of Amy Carmichael and the work that she was involved in, incredible woman that she was, I think a lot of us thought that all of that had finished a long time ago. But it actually still continues to this day. As I said, it is illegal and we work with the Indian government to bring it to an end in the villages, which is really fantastic to have that support. But little girls who are completely vulnerable, it could be that through COVID, dad died, the family's in poverty, they don't know what to do with their little girls, they can't afford the dowry that they need for a wedding. And so some of these little girls get dedicated to the temple goddess. They have absolutely no idea what their future will be like or what all of this means, but they get a huge shock when they hit puberty and they become the property of the village to be used and abused by any man, any time, day or night. Um, as I said, it's, it's the women themselves who have come out of the practice that are the ones advocating in their own villages. So our team is nationally led and run, and they provide health care and counselling and prayer, HIV and AIDS testing and vocational training. So these women can actually make a huge difference in their community. Wow. What happens uh, for these women uh, when they realise that 
they've been helped, uh, even rescued, uh, set free from a servitude lifestyle uh, by people who have a Christian faith. Uh, What happens in them when they recognize that there's something deeper that gives them real value and worth? Well, they, they just have this. They've been told since they were little that they have no value or worth and that they're such a disappointment to their parents. If only they'd been born a boy, perhaps they would help take the family out of poverty. And so for them to be touched by us, to be welcomed by us, to be smiled at by us, to have practical care given to them, it is just something that is so unbelievable for them. And many of them find it very difficult to even embrace the fact that they have value and worth and so that's just a journey on its own Kate you've been at the helm there for a long long time now and uh, your recent visit of course there was a little bit of hiatus there when uh, COVID was on and you couldn't get to India but you've been at the helm for a long time steering this rescuing these women Uh, Give us a a sense in which uh, the change that you've seen from those early days up to the present, how has the work grown that's seen these these girls and women emancipated? Well, we started in just one village um, some years ago, about a decade ago, and then we expanded to 10. For quite some time, we were sitting at 270 villages. But over COVID, we've been able to expand to 300 villages Now, this practice happens in around 3,000 villages, and so 300 is approximately 10% of the area that is um, impacted by this practice. So what we're actually beginning to see is that when we're going into new villages and raising up new village leaders to go and start the work there, there's already an understanding that this practice is illegal, that there will be police intervention if they continue. And so we're just seeing... It's almost like dominoes that it's collapsing in front of us, which is just so exciting. It's always good to hear a good news story like that. Now, obviously, resources are important because uh, if you're already in 300 villages and you're already providing health care and all sorts of things like that that comes with a price tag, uh, just recently the International Women's Day appeal that you launched, that's still functioning, isn't it? Uh, People can get on board and be a part of... Uh, some fundraising here that you're doing? Absolutely. A lot of people jump in through March and through April and they organise their own events in their own area. There's loads of resources on our website or they can contact us and we can send it to them. But they love actually organising something, a morning tea or an Indian cooking class. We've seen so much creativity over the years and people can um, contact us and we'd love them to partner with us through this. You know, when you start a good work like you have done and you can see the momentum build and uh, really I'm sure it's tiring work when you're building to, as you say, start with one and end up with 300 villages, but still there's a long way to go to get those 3,000. But the momentum kicks in because you're equipping women to be the advocates in their own village and to go to other villages as uh, Jogini village leaders. So you've got people who are taking on the challenge and and really seeing they're, they're seeing great results as well. Absolutely, and I think that that's what's so exciting. And the, the other thing that's exciting is the at-risk girls that we've been preventing from being dedicated when, if they're still at risk in their village. We have now built this amazing shelter home where they live. So we've now got 93 girls, and I got to meet these girls hear their aspirations, hear their dreams, see their smiles. 
and realise that they've been given a whole new future that they otherwise would not have had. And some of these girls, uh, still children, uh, never had the chance to go to school. You're helping to create that pathway for kids and young women to go back into school. They never had that opportunity before. Absolutely. So all the girls in our shelter home, a bunch of the others in the villages, they go to our schools. We've got 91 schools across the country and we're seeing them graduate. I actually met one of them who's graduated from the shelter with her bachelor in pharmacy. And rather than choosing to earn good money, which she easily could, she has dedicated her life to coming back and working in the shelter with the girls again. So that's just incredible. So you're saying that actually you have got 91 schools already up and going, and that's in villages. Out of those 300 villages, there's 91 schools. Are you, uh, are you actually with Dignity Freedom Network, are you running those schools? Well, so the schools aren't just in that area. They're across the whole of India. And so some of them are in slums and some of them have nothing to do with the Jogany practice, but they're all for backward caste children. Uh, any child that fits into that paradigm of stigmatisation or discrimination, they're welcome at our schools. Kate, when we talk about a woman being set free from temple prostitution where she was treated as nothing, uh, sold... Uh, to anyone who wanted to buy her service. Uh, The freedom that comes on the other side of being set free from that, I'm not sure how you reflect on that. How do you reflect on what that means for these women? Well, it's just such an empowerment, I think, Neil. So, I mean, one little story of of one lady, I'll change her name, I'll call her Lakshmiyama. She was a Jogani. She was dedicated when she was seven. When our team found her, she was suffering from severe depression. She was in her early teens. She already had two children. When she connected with our team and she discovered that she had value and worth and our team empowered her to leave the practice, she has just been totally transformed. So she's now 40 years old. She's joined our team and she works in her village ending the practice. Uh, she works with family. She works with the police. She encourages the absolute end of this practice in her village. But I think one of the most exciting things was Seeing her go from victim to advocate in her own right and receiving that empowerment. And in 2015, she received an award from the district government officials for her role in preventing the dedication of little girls. So it's just incredible to see the confidence and the dignity that these women walk with. It's amazing. And a special honour to you because you're working with the poorest of the poor. Uh, There's a caste system in India and those lowest caste is called the Dalits, and you're working with the poor, and a special honour to you for that. Let me just point listeners uh, to getting in and supporting a ministry that you know is doing fabulous work, uh, really effective work in setting people free from a lifestyle of sexual servitude, and as Kate says, being empowered, a whole new life that awaits Uh, The Dignity Freedom Network launched a appeal uh, back on the International Women's Day. It is still active right now. Here's the address where you can go to and make a donation. dfn.org.au That stands for Dignity Freedom Network. dfn.org.au Kate is the leader of Dignity Freedom Network. Kate, thank you so much for sharing these updates with us today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. I appreciate your time. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.